0: All right. So today we have Andy Thompson, middle school athletic director at University School of Milwaukee, on the show. Andy's going to talk to us about
1: multi-sport athletes versus uh, specialties. So kids focusing on one sport year-round. And I and before we go to the interview, Sly, I wanted to ask
0: you, as a varsity basketball coach, what do you what do you prefer, or what do you see in your athletes? Well, I've been fortunate that I've had a lot of multi sport athletes. It's interesting because, um, depending on what other sport they play, it, it really lends itself on the court. So, you know, one of my favorite teams was filled with soccer players and they could just run all day and we could get up and down and press. But then when I had my teams of football players, they could really only go in like, you know, 10, 15 second spurts. And I always would make fun of them saying like, God, you're in football conditioning, but there's a lot of value to it. Those were my more physical teams. But I, I think, you know, it's fun to play multiple sports. I enjoy coaching multiple sport athletes. Um, So, yeah, I I was excited about this conversation. Andy brought up some very good points and um, just some uh, expertise on what's going on in youth sports today. So I hope our listeners enjoy. Great. Let's go to the interview. All right. All right. We'd like to welcome Andy to the show. uh, Andy Thompson. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm in my second year at USM as the assistant athletic director and middle school athletic director. Um, essentially, this coming from uh, a smaller school in Madison where I was the athletic director there and I taught PE. Um, and before that had kind of worked in the boarding school setting uh, in And athletics uh, setting with um, administration coaching, and then also as a dorm parent uh, at a school called Wayland Academy. So, um, as far as educational. Uh, work I've kind of bounced around in a few schools the last few years in a couple of different roles but um, have kind of landed in in this role at USM and have enjoyed it a lot and have been very thankful for the experiences that I've had um, and the opportunities to work with our students and our coaches uh, to this point. why did you get
0: involved in sports administration?
2: Good question so Sports have really kind of driven most of my life path, I guess you could say. Um, a lot of my memories from growing up are sports-centered. Um, my my dad played college baseball, so sports was kind of a big thing uh, with me and my three younger brothers as we were growing up. Um, I participated really in just about everything, soccer, uh, cross-country, track, golf, basketball, pretty much any sport, you name it. Um, And, you know, I I never really was pushed into any of that, um, which I greatly appreciate. Um, And in high school, kind of zeroed in on cross-country basketball and golf and then uh, was able to play golf at the college level um, at Hope College in Holland, Michigan, kind of straight across the lake from Milwaukee. And what I kind of look back and and notice – when I think about my time as a high school athlete and as a college athlete, I was very fortunate to have athletic administrators that um, were really, really committed to providing a positive experience, whether that was through hiring the best possible coaches or just building relationships with, with those administrators. It, it really impacted me a lot. And I, after graduating from Hope college, I kind of set the goal to eventually coach golf at the college level. And so that, kind of pushed me to attend the University of Tennessee where I earned my master's degree in sports psychology and motor behavior. Um, and again, after I was done with grad school, moved back to Wisconsin and was given the opportunity to work at that boarding school Whalen Academy in their athletic department. And in that year of working there and coaching there, I really, really found that I enjoyed the Uh, the career um, opportunities that working with students in that interscholastic athletic setting provided. And so from there, it kind of launched to, this is something that I really enjoy doing, felt like I had the right perspective and personality to do it. Um, And so that's kind of what had led me into here today. So again, it really it was the impact of a number of administrators that I kind of interacted with um, in athletics in high school and college that kind of pushed me towards it.
1: So so it seems like athletics um, sort of have always been the background backbone. um, But you, you mentioned a couple of different places along the way of USM. And I guess my biggest question is what do you think um, from either a coach's perspective or even like athletic administration, what's the biggest difference from, being at a boarding school um, compared to a day school like USM?
2: Uh, Well, I could just speak from uh, like a policy technical standpoint. At our boarding school at Whalen Academy, we had a requirement policy in place where each season, since the students were living there and would go through their academic day until about 3.30, They needed something to do in the afternoons, right? So we required that students participated in a sport, um, each season and they could adjust that in a couple different ways. They could do either, um, a weightlifting class or be a manager of a sport, but for the most part, they were required to do a sport. So you had a very, very, very wide range of experience and ability, um, which that just adjusts kind of the coach's perspective and and their, their, their style of coaching a little bit. But from a day school standpoint, we don't require students to participate, right? It's completely voluntary students that choose to participate. That's their decision. And again, we don't, I guess, we don't ensure that they're going to be a varsity athlete or ensure what team they're on. Right. But we ensure that they have a spot. And the the amazing thing is with, with USM is at Whalen, the boarding school, you know, we had this requirement where students had to do it here at USM. We don't. And I can say that the participation rates, right. The percentage of the student body that, that competed and participated in a sport, Are pretty similar actually. So we have at USM students that really are driven to participate and passionate about their sports, um, which creates a very, very healthy environment um, in our athletic program.
0: Cool. I mean, there seems to be a lot of different ways that um, schools are structuring their athletic programs. I mean, at Wayland, Everyone was required. USM has a no-cut policy. Obviously, the majority of schools um, have cut policies. Sure. Um, You know, what do you see as? You know, whichever one you're in, and you've probably in high school, you probably played in a cut program. Which one do you favor? Um, in your experience?
2: Um, that's a good question. So, I understand the the cut policy, right? If you're at a school where you have two thousand kids and 80 kids go out for the basketball team, you just don't have the space or the logistics to make that happen. Right. Um, But from, you know, which I think is more appropriate for an interscholastic program, I think for sure that the no cut policy is, is appropriate and a positive part of who we are at USM because there are so many different um, positive outcomes and things that kids gain from participation in sports that I don't think, that limiting that to, you know, a select few kids is appropriate or um, responsible. So the NOCA policy, I, I really appreciate because it gives kids that, you know, if they're a freshman and they've never played baseball before, they don't have to really have any hesitation to try it, right? So they get to kind of Feel out what they're interested in and, and find new passions if that's if that's the way they want to go. And I think that's a healthy thing. Plus, we see kids that try new things might end up becoming very, very gifted and, and talented and passionate about what they choose to do. And had that cut policy been in place, students might never really kind of realize what, you know, different things they might be interested in or be um, more confident in trying new things. So um, I appreciate the no cut policy a lot. And I think um, there are many, many benefits to it. So, and Andy, that last point
1: kind of leads into my next question. Well, um, you know, with the the no cut policy and the 100% participation, I mean, you only really are, you only know what you experience and those are kind of new concepts. For me, because when I was growing up, it was, it was cut policies. There was different layers of teams sure. and things like that. Yeah, me too. What do you think, what do you think specifically in terms of participation? Because you mentioned um, that, that you may not know um, you know, seven years from now if a student is successful and becomes a star athlete of a team, what have you, um, specifically with participation. So what, what is the trend with youth sports participation? Because you'll have some people – that we'll talk about the benefits of of playing sports, multiple sports throughout the year and some that focus on one. So what is
2: your opinion on that kind of the pros and cons of of each side? Yeah. So from kind of the interscholastic perspective, right. We want our kids to try new things. We want our kids to kind of explore what they're interested in because we don't know, like you said, if four years down the road, they might find a real talent that they have and a passion. Right. Um, kind of along those lines we want multi-sport athletes because you know it it kind of goes back to that idea of let's figure out what we're interested in and 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 try to be the best we can possibly be at that right when you look at kind of the current trends there's two things that kind of stand out to me right Uh, the first is you have a group of kids that Are starting to specialize, right? So you look at maybe the AAU circuit for basketball, or you look at the club soccer scene right now, and kids are playing that one sport year round. They're training week to week for that sport throughout the entire year. The other end of the spectrum that we kind of see as a trend is we have students that are signing up for so many different things, right? As many things as possible. If their schedule allows for a thirty minute practice with a club team on a Wednesday night at seven thirty, right, they're gonna sign up. And there's kind of pros and cons to both, right? And I'm not saying either one is good or bad, but I think what's important is when you see the 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 both of those kind of ends of the spectrum is trying to figure out what is best for that individual kid. Right. So I look back at my experience and I didn't overload it with doing everything possible, but I found a few things that I really enjoyed in in terms of sports that kept me busy throughout the year. Right. I didn't stick to just one, even though golf kind of was identified early on as my favorite sport and the one that I was best at and most passionate about, I would still, run cross country in the fall and play basketball in the winter right um and i think going back to that we just i think it's important just to make sure that parents and coaches just are recognizing the pros and cons of both right and figuring out well which one is best for my individual kid
0: um yeah and they're really on on two extremes i mean you've got the highly specialized, like I'm going to play year round and then I'm going to try everything and not really master anything. It's it's hard finding that balance with everything um, that's out there. I mean, I, I definitely get that yeah, as a coach. I, I think with the – I just kind of
2: go back to a couple different concerns, right, for both. Again, not saying either one is wrong or bad, but they can be kind of pushed to a limit where it's not healthy for the kids. With specialization, you're starting to see research come out of the effects of just aau basketball for example for kids that play year-round basketball we're starting to see these players in college and young nba players that are getting knee and foot injuries at a higher rate because all they've done from when they were 13 14 15 years old is just played basketball right and so from a physical Standpoint, There are concerns when you have that specialization and the level at which some kids do it, right? On the other end of the spectrum, I think the concern is more towards the kind of mental health of a student, right? If, if, okay. I'm, a, if I'm a kid and I'm getting shipped from dance class to baseball practice to piano lessons to drama class, like all these different things, right? Every single day, every week, eventually, I mean, I feel like a lot of kids start to experience mental burnout and emotional burnout um, for those different things and and a lot of times those younger students I think of like middle school students, especially is they don't have the mental or emotional capacity yet to to handle that or they don't have the executive skills of time management or Prioritizing as much as say a high schooler might um, when it comes to those activities, so both kind of do have their own kind of unique concerns. But again, I think it's you know up to parents and coaches just to recognize what is healthiest for that individual kid.
0: I'm always amazed when I hear from college coaches, um, D1 college coaches that actively recruit multi sport athletes, yeah. so it seems like that message doesn't get out a ton. Do you think this is more of a generational thing? I mean, Mike, you played multiple sports in high school, mm-hmm. I did as well. Um, you know is this just something that well, I'm trying to figure out when this shift changed to these kind of two extremes and i you know what are your your thoughts about that? I think part of it is that
2: now more than ever kids have the ability to be more visible to college coaches. And as a result, parents are taking advantage of those opportunities as well. Um, Let's say for, for a a kid that's a basketball player and they want to get noticed by D one coaches, right? They have the ability now to send more videos, send more social media contacts, do, do things like that to get on the map. Right. And I think as a result, they're trying to really focus in on that one sport and the like the opportunities itself haven't really changed, but I think it's been pushed now that, and again, it's not from necessarily college coaches, but from these clubs, these AAU programs, they are in some cases, businesses, right. And these coaches and these program directors are trying to make money. And there is a push saying, you know, if you don't participate in, my program year round, you're going to miss out on these opportunities. And I think that's just part of it is an informational, uh, issue, right? Kids, parents, they're not getting the correct information because not a lot have the ability to openly communicate with college coaches. Right. But they have easy access to club coaches in their community or, or things like that. So uh, I think that's part of it. Um, I will say that I think there will be kind of a shift back. I think you start, you see these things kind of ebb and flow. Right. Um, And, and again, part of that easier social media contact, more visibility things. There are college coaches that are openly promoting multi-sport participation. Right. And you've seen, I'm sure you've seen college coaches say for a D one football program, they'll put up their, kind of recruiting board and they'll show that yes 80 percent of our kids are playing at least two sports right they're doing football and they're also running track or they're they're doing football basketball and track um and they're openly publicizing that but um again i think it's kind of an information breakdown right that our kids and our parents aren't necessarily getting all the time
1: well and you know what amazes me and when you're talking about the videos and, and the more access to social media and things like that. It, it amazes me and not to pick on basketball as, as much, especially <laughs> with, with Sly being a varsity. <laughs> basketball coach. But, um, but it's like, it's, it's trickling down into the education system. I, I'm thinking of schools that and it's not just basketball, it's hockey too, but there are, are schools that are built around these specialized sports. Like if you are a D one recruit in basketball, you almost leave your hometown by, you know, sophomore junior year to go to some of these programs Yeah, you're academies. going to,
2: you're going to you Mont Verde or you're going to Oak Hill or you're going to IMG, right? If you're hockey yeah, IMG If you're hockey, Academy. you're going to Shadow St. And Mary's, right? Yeah. And, and
1: talk about a wear and tear you know, we say like these AAU programs are given a wear and tear. I mean, these are sixteen, seventeen, eight year old eighteen year old kids that are going to class for, you know, three, four hours, and then they have three, four hours of practice daily and games that are on ESPN. And you know it's just I, I think it's you're right i think it ebbs and flows but at the same time it's amazing to see in such a short period of time because that wasn't the case when we were growing up um how how it's just really taken yeah. off yeah. and and that's amazing to me but well, i think um, of,
2: i think of uh, even uh, when i was a kid and you know watching the nba watching jordan and and barkley and those guys and hearing them talk about now they're like we never trained in the off season we would go play golf. We'd go sit on the beach. We would do whatever we wanted, but we wouldn't touch a basketball. And then, you know, maybe a month or two before training camp started, they'd pick it up again. Right. And that did a lot Mm -hmm. for not only their physical health, but mental health too, to kind of get away. So, yep.
1: Definitely. So I'll, I'll, I'll end with this, just because of this kind of unique situation we're in um, right now. And, and who knows kind of how much longer it'll last. And, and I know I've seen you running around the streets yep. of Milwaukee yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> before, but but what recommendation would you give to, to parents or, or students that may be listening to this episode, um, given our current situation with stay in place? So what are some things that you can, you can do at home other than, you know, going to run around the block so you don't drive your parents right. nuts, um, things like that. So what, what would you, no, recommend I think
2: not just for students, but, parents as well i think at a minimum trying to find 30 minutes every day to just do something physical right that could be 30 minutes of yoga that could be a 30 minute walk or a 30 minute run bike ride go out and shoot hoops in your backyard throw a football around play catch with baseball whatever it might be take 30 minutes just to get out of the house and out in the fresh air and kind of take your mind off whether it's work or the or the classroom I think that's huge right now for uh, mental health and physical health and you know I I've never been a big fan of just going for a walk um, but I've actually started doing that and I found not necessarily just from the physical side but like it is an amazing thing to be able to just walk and clear your mind all right Um, and I think one thing I'll say for parents is like, you don't have to reinvent the wheel right there right now are so many different resources online of these programs. Like for example, USA lacrosse is a whole page of stay at home activities for kids to do um, with lacrosse. And there are many other programs too that are, that are putting out lots of great resources. So I would definitely suggest to anyone listening to hop online try to find some unique ways to kind of stay active and, and and mentally, physically healthy um, throughout this time, because, you know, we're kind of built to move and we're built to, to run around and and be active. And, you know, of course, research shows that the more we do that, the healthier we are. So I would definitely say, just make the effort 30 minutes a day, do something physical.
0: Well, that's, all we have um, uh, for time, Andy. Thank you again for joining our podcast today. Um, we appreciate you taking the time. And uh, thanks yeah, for having thank me. You. Out. Thanks, Andy. Appreciate it. That concludes today's episode. We'd like to thank Andy for chatting with us today. A curious mind is brought to you by University School of Milwaukee. If you want to learn more
1: about the USM experience, please visit our website, www.usmk12.org.
0: Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast to receive updates, resources, interviews, and much more. Can't wait to see you next time.